0: thanks for listening to the Adam Corolla show on podcast one
1: rockauto.com why spend 30 to 50 percent even a hundred percent more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have why spend so much there why not go to rockauto.com It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write Corolla in the how did you hear about us, So that is Corolla, C-A-R-O-L-L-A, in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So they know we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com.
2: Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready. With a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities.
3: Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Hello
0: and welcome to Corolla Classics for uh, July 3rd, 2021 the show where we highlight the greatest moments of the Adam Carolla Show. We've got some clips lined up for you. My name's Chris Loxamana, the executive producer of the Adam Carolla Show, and with me, as always, Carolla archivist, super fan Giovanni.
3: Hello, everybody. Thank you for t- tuning in to the uh, Distinguished Adam Carolla Show.
0: That's right.
3: It's Carolla Classics time. Let's uh, let's kick it off. Well, I'm implying that the fans who listen to this show are an elite group of fans uh, better than the regular fans.
0: Sure, I'll take it. And I'll agree, that's right. You're an elite group, and let's kick it off with a with a clip from 2010. We got Sam Wolfson hanging out with Adam, and Adam's going to tell him some uh, race stories.
3: Yeah, this is great. This is Adam Kroll's show 291 before the format switch. Sam Wolfson, uh, he's a movie producer. He, he tells Adam uh, Adam tells him the story of when Ray pissed on Alex along with some other stories about Ray just not learning discipline. It's a very nice funny chunk of the episode. It's from March of 2010. Check it out. Welcome
1: Sam Wolfson, who is the uh, co-creator of the hit play Utopia and the bringer
4: of Danish. I did Thank I brought you a so box much. of Danish. You're so welcome. You're so welcome.
1: That is so... You're Jewish?
4: Yeah. Actually See? I was, so well...
1: That's why you people are better. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the Mexicans and the blacks and the Gentiles, we show up and we're like, hey, what's to eat? Where's there? Is there any food? <laughs> and you guys show up with food. Yeah. Except for Jackie Mason.
4: Did he show up with no
1: food? He was a dick. He showed up, he showed up to Loveline. We did Loveline. You may remember that show sure. with Dr. Drew. And he showed up, the show starts at 10 o'clock at night. And he showed up in the middle of Culver City at 10 o'clock at night or, you know, 957. Uh-huh. On You know, in the middle of the week. And he's like, what, no bagels? And, and it was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, we got one bagel right Uh, um jackie and and he was like what there's nothing no nothing to eat and we're like well you know it's 10 at night and no we don't have we don't put out a whole spread what do you want some smoked salmon right and and he's like so nothing no bagel and it was like it was one of these things where like hey um you're setting you're setting your group back quite a bit like if a black guy came in and went like no fried chicken no watermelon like i'll Bust a pop a cap in your ass, like you, you, someone would pull him aside and go, "You're setting your race yeah. back a little bit with this." the uh, Jackie Mason's the yeah. only one that's. Uh, coming. I just brought
4: a forward, though. I just brought us one step back. I mean, forward after that.
1: Mason, we took a a step backward with Jackie. And we just took yeah. two steps, two steps forward. With I'll have you know, Sam. I
4: got her early. I was at the Burbank Bakery. Mm-hmm. My mom said, "You should bring him some Danish." It's their house. You're a guest.
1: Wow! See, and I got why a whole you people thing. Are better,
4: we're not better. You we're are. Better.
1: No, you are.
4: No. no Look, we're I not. just. You know what? We're not you better. are. We're no. hairier. You're, you're, we're not you're
1: hairier and you're better. <laughs> I I just went over this earlier <clears throat> in the week with uh, the Weeze. And speaking of the Weeze, how we're better? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain. Okay. Why are you guys better than us?
4: Please tell me. Awesome. Also, quickly,
1: I should let you know that we are uh, shipping the DVDs you guys so generously uh, purchased, and we're on that as we speak. Now, why are you guys better? Earlier in the week, I said to Donnie, look at it this way. We went to North Hollywood High. I picked uh, three of my friends. Myself, <laughs> right. my buddy Ray, and my buddy you just met a moment ago, Chris, Yeah, who's in my shop right now with his dad. Looking for his dad's transmission repair tools, which he left in the alley next to the shop, just to let you know how the man has set himself up at age (laughs) sixty-eight. He's in my shop, and he's he's rummaging around for eight dollars worth of tools, which I I don't think you've done. You do when your four hundred one k is going well and you've feathered your nest quite nicely. But there's me, there's Ray, and there's Chris, and we're all friends. And uh, we all went to North Hollywood High. Right. And then there's our Jewish buddies from the hills. And I'll throw their names out. Jeff, uh, name, guys' one guy's name was, uh, well, maybe I won't use their full name. But Jeff, Robbie, and Nate. I think okay. I already used their full name. But those were our Jewish friends. Right. And we were good friends with those guys. We used them quite a bit because they had houses in the hill that were filled with kugel or whatever you guys eat. <laughs> and... And they had cars, and they, they had, had a cars. lot of stuff we didn't have. And so it's like Ray would get our buddy Alex to drive him to Fat Burger, and then he would get Alex to pay for his Fat Burger. <laughs> and then on the way home, he actually peed on him while Alex was driving his uh, four-door uh, rabbit. He peed and on the Jew? He peed on the Jew. I, it's it's not, not just a fraternity time? game. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like whack-a-mole, but different. The Pia Jew... The little rabbi's head <laughs> right. pops up. You see if you can squirt it with some urine before it pops down again. Yeah. Um, he peed on the Jew after the Jew had just bought him a double king cheeseburger.
4: And the Jew probably thanked him.
1: <laughs> no, the Jew pulled over. He was pissed. And he threw him out of his car. But the thing that was funny about it is when Alex pulled over on Lancashire after he just bought Ray lunch and said, get the fuck out of my car. Ray went, for what? <laughs> like, Ray was indignant? And he was like you just pissed on me while I was driving. Like, Ray pulled his cock out and started pissing on Alex <laughs> while Alex was operating a vehicle. Right. And and Ray was like, <laughs> Ray was incensed. I, Ray was indignant that he pissed on Alex, who was driving a car, and that Alex had the temerity to pull over and say, get out of my car. Yeah, yeah. And Ray was, you know, a full mile and a quarter from his mom's apartment. And Ray was like, what the fuck? It was really as if he went to change the station in his on his presets <laughs> or use a cigarette lighter and Alex pulled over. It was that kind of reaction.
4: Was that the first time you guys had peed on other people while driving? Was that um, a thing you did? Or was it a new thing that day? We <laughs> had
1: peed on Gentiles. We had peed on each other while driving. But we... I don't... This is, may, may be our first Jew. I don't... We probably pissed on Robbie while we were driving. But the he,
4: Gentiles probably thought it was funny. They're like, "Oh, I'll piss on you next time." The Jew was probably like, "I'm going to get some sort of infection." The, the Jew was confused
1: <laughs> more than he was amused.
4: Yeah, that, you that, see, that,
1: whereas the Gentile was, the Gentiles weren't happy about it. <laughs> it just became piss game on.
4: Right, right.
1: So I think, I think, I think the difference between a Gentile and a Jew <laughs> is if you piss on a Gentile. It's sort of like this. It's like, if you piss on a Gentile's leg, he's going to need to piss onto your shoulder or into your hair or something like that. Like, that's how it worked with me.
4: down the line. Yeah,
1: I got pissed on by the guy who's in the shop right now when I was in the ninth grade. And I was like, all right, now I need to piss on you. But I wasn't like, how dare you?
4: Right, right.
1: So Alex was a little more like, what the fuck? But but to be fair, (laughs) he had a cloth interior. And he did just get done buying Ray a double king cheese fat burger, you know? Right. So, you know, I I think he had the right to be indignant about it. I just like when he tried to throw him out of his car that Ray was indignant (laughs) that Alex was asking him to get out of his
4: car. But he was still better for driving him and buying him the burger. Mm -hmm. He's still better.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, he's better. Well, Solution. here's here's my point. Why yeah, why, yeah. why everyone's I'll, better over there? You back. So there was my three friends, or me, Ray and Chris, and then there was Robbie, Nate, and Jeff, and we we're all good friends. But it, there came a point where it became time for them to turn into Jews and for us to turn into Gentiles. <laughs> and they, after graduating the same high school that we all attended, North Hollywood High, right. They <clears throat> headed off for UCLA, Stanford, and Cal, and okay. we headed off for A&B Carpet Cleaning and Van Nuys. And then we picked up a shovel and started digging. And then while they were working through their degrees, we were probably, you know, day, we we're essentially laborers on construction sites at that point.
4: Right, And that was it. <clears throat>
1: that was the, uh, Then 10 years after graduation, we were all swinging hammers and toiling in the sun. And they had white-collar, decent right. jobs. Miserable. Uh, one, oh. one became a lawyer. I'm sure everyone's miserable, <clears> but <throat> better to be miserable with a house that has central air than miserable <laughs> in a shitty apartment with an AC u- unit just buzzing True. away in the next room, right? True.
4: True. They push the education. They they do. Right. they do.
1: Their family stayed together. Yeah. They were, for the most part, intact. And uh, they focused on some education. They made sure their kids got, got into college. And they took care of them so that they would. And it's more of an investment in the family's future because these guys mm. now that they're getting that they're middle aged men and that their parents are in their 70s coming up on their 80s. Right. Now they know that they're educated, uh, family oriented sons and daughters will then have. Will then feel indebted to them and take care of them and be in the position to take care of them. Right. Um, my buddy Ray, he's not in the position to take care of anybody but Ray, <laughs> and even that he's barely qualified for. <laughs> and Chris is in you know about the same shape. I, right. I got lucky with the comedy, right? But uh, emotionally, mm-hmm. I'm not in the position to care for my parents financially. I am, but the yeah. point is, yeah. is <laughs> the, the point is, is you guys are smart. You take care of each other, you send them out into the world, and then eventually they come back with a little cash or some or some Danish. Well You think well, Ray comes back with Danish?
4: No. Well let me tell you about the flip side. What yeah. time did you get here today for this? Ten
1: o'clock. Sh- we had a we had a ten AM. Ten AM. Ten AM yeah. thing. Uh ten oh six. Right. Ten o four Five, yeah, you
4: probably weren't too worried about traffic or stroll. You just kind of relaxed. No. a relaxed person. Guess no, what was time not. I got here? Is well, that the dad?
1: Yeah, that's Chris's dad. Wow, that yeah. was a Gentile. That's Chris. Wow, yeah, no. well, Chris is Gentile too. Look at him. Even had the
4: wrench. That was, he was holding a wrench.
1: Yes, <laughs> he's a 70- seventy. a
4: law, right? With the Gentiles, you have yep. to be holding a wrench at all times. Uh, we'd like
1: you to have an adjustable wrench, but it, it, I mean. Yes, we either. I mean, I have seen guys get stopped for not for I, we a wrench or a tire iron. It doesn't have times. to be an adjustable wrench or a crescent wrench, but it would be nice.
4: He looked so happy to be holding that wrench. He was like just a, so joyous.
1: Chris's dad is 70 years old and he came back here to get one wrench worth $8 so he can go work <laughs> on somebody's transmission. That'll be, uh, his car will be, that car will be up on blocks and he'll work on it uh, out of the driveway of his apartment building.
4: See, I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, it sounds cool. It's cool. Live it for a week. (laughs) What? Oh, Chris's dad. (laughs) Let me tell you something. When uh, me and Chris and Donnie, although I think Donnie had already moved out, were living in an apartment on uh, North Hollywood on Laurel Canyon, Chris's dad had... He had a little little stint in the joint, and he, it was one of these things where... It's, it's kind of funny. There's his that dad
4: was in the joint?
1: Little, did a little little time there. Nothing nothing violent, but a little time there. Um, oh. Once in a while, you go to the joint, and it's like that uh, Spike Lee movie where... Uh, what's his... Norman... Uh, what's his uh, name?
4: Tw- 25th Hour?
1: Yeah, 25th Hour. Yeah. It was like the... It was like a horrible <laughs> version of that where... Chris's dad came into our one-bedroom apartment with a box that had a can of stew in it and like a flannel shirt and said, uh, I need to crash on your sofa for about a month before I go into the joint. And um, I don't know why you can't just go into the joint and start doing your time. Why are you doing your time on our sofa? It's not counting, but yeah. He had... There's a couple things I remember. It's a very Gentile thing. He had a a jar... (laughs) He had a, a jar of Clamato, uh, <laughs> which I feel like the Jews could brace because it's horrible tasting and bizarre point, and fishy. Actually. And it's mixing up. It's like taking a fish flavor and making it cold and putting cold. it in the wrong place. Yeah. And I feel like you guys could do that. <laughs> but... He had a jar of Clamato, which he rinsed out when he was done and then would fill with tap water and became his cold water bottle, like his refrigerator cold water. Because when it's the summertime and you have no air, you want that cold water coming out of the fridge. But (laughs) but the cap of it was still red inside and smelled like fish. So the water still kind of smelled like fish water. And I used to drink it, too. Like, "Eh, it's (laughs) cold. What the fuck? Hold your nose. like. (laughs) Uh, So that's what the Gentiles do. Now, we went to the same high school, but we ended up going very different paths.
4: Well, I was going to say, you were here two minutes before the show started. I came from Santa Monica. I I slept, I got up at 4.30. I I got here at 8 (laughs) o'clock. I didn't know what the fuck to do. And my 10 o'clock is my morning crap time Constitution, like, on, yeah, on, on the price. dot i was so i wanted to make sure i got her early enough to find a bathroom
5: right right
4: and i i found one at the bakery i didn't want to do it here i don't oh, know how close can, it was so that's the up. flip side
1: hey you can go shit my buddy alex's car if you want
4: <laughs> let's get i want in on the peeing on your friends thing they will take to get, you to
1: fat burger and then you can take a shit <laughs> in his rabbit <laughs>
4: i want to be a cool gentile well
1: i will say this uh, I mean, like I'm
4: not a real Jew, by the way. I'm not like oh. in temple all the time. I'm no, just-
1: no. I just, I mean, it is, it is true. It's, it's it's an interesting point, which is the concern point. Like, there's, I feel like there's a happy medium here, which <laughs> is to say, Ray didn't worry enough in his life. Like when he got caught cutting in line to get his classes on a Friday registration and Mr. Smith told him to go to the back of the line, he said, fuck that, I'm going to the beach. Like, he literally told Mr. Smith, right. I'm not going to the back of the line, I'm going to the beach. And Smith said, oh, you're not going to get any of your classes. And Ray just said, well, see. And he hopped the fence and went to the beach, you know. Sweet. And Ray did get all his classes, by the way. It wasn't <laughs> it, it wasn't positive reinforcement there. Um, so, now, there has to be something in between Ray going, fuck it, I'm going to the beach, which is not a good Way to have, right? A good way to be versus, you know, class registration starts at eight a.m. and you pitch a tent the night before like you're trying to buy journey tickets (laughs) in 1978. You know what I mean? Like you don't want in in wringing your hands the whole time, worried about some class that you're going to get anyway. Yeah, fetching about it and just
4: together, Ray and I create a good person. Like weird science. Like if you put us together, we'd be a super. You'd be the Kelly
1: LeBrock of Goyam Goyam Jews. Like like you'd be (laughs) super go. We'd
4: be unstoppable.
1: Jewem. Yeah, you'd be unstoppable. (laughs) Yeah. And and and, and I think in life in general you want that thing where you have a healthy amount of concern. Like (laughs) I'm going to get my automobile and I'm going to take three seconds and put my seatbelt on. Right. But I'm not going to white knuckle it driving, (laughs) looking over my shoulder. Exactly. And thinking I'm going to get in an accident every 10 feet. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's sort of enough concern to put the belt on. Right. But then once the belt clicks into place, (laughs) I'm going to forget about it.
4: The other dangerous thing is that because I was raised with all this protectiveness and kind of neurotic neuroses. Mm Mm-hmm. I would go the flip side and kind of try to counter that by, like I took, you know, Freddie Roach Boxing Gym. Right. Uh, of course, you know, Freddie Roach Boxing sure. Gym. Wild I, card. Yeah. I worked out there for like right. a year and a half. Right. Because I wanted some danger. Right. And, you know, I got a, cho- a tooth chipped and I'm just like, well, I shouldn't be here. What am I doing? This yeah, is well, crazy. Most, well, you know, <laughs> you,
1: you do find that in, in a weird way in life, most the... Things are a, a reaction to something that happened. The the polar opposite mm-hmm. or the negative of whatever happened growing up. Like yeah. it works the other way too. Like I grew up in chaos, and so I have this weird sort of organizational stuff. And what's that doing here? And that's not in its right place because I grew up in utter chaos. Right. Whereas you grew up in a very grounded sort of confined thing, and mm-hmm. now you want to go out and, you know, get on a Harley and go cross-country <laughs> with uh, Peter Fonda, right?
4: You, yes, but, like, at the end of the day, when you go home and you put your head on the pillow, you, I mean, are you out in two seconds? Can you Do you sleep well at night? Um, I Like, I'm fascinated with how people sleep because mm-hmm. it kind of defines the kind of person they are.
1: Um, I used to be... I wasn't a. I never didn't sleep well because I was a worrier. I didn't sleep well because I was a thinker. Like my mind right. would be racing, and I have, would have thoughts about. But it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be my head hit the pillow, and I was thinking about. Geez, did I leave the stove on? Or you know, mm-hmm. is it burner on? Or is uh, did I uh, did I lock my car door? Like, it wasn't that kind of stuff? It was more like. I have an idea, right. I have a, a joke, I have an invention, like I, you know... Invention? What, well, yeah. What, what's, what's...
4: here about some of your inventions. I,
1: for a pillow that's more comfortable. <laughs> I would have,
4: I... A I was like, like I, I couldn't
1: shut my mind down.
4: Yeah.
1: But it wasn't like, oh, dear God, what what's going right. on? Do I have cancer? I feel cancer right, in
4: my body. Right, 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 right. Yeah,
1: or what's this cough? What's that mean? I have tuberculosis. Right, right. Never. I mean, the one thing the Gentiles don't have is that sort of sense of, uh, at least my group, the poor Gentiles, didn't didn't have. Uh, it it, 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 uh, it sounds like a band that Russell Crowe would be in, like the poor Gentiles. But we didn't have that sense of, like nobody went like, oh, are you okay? Or, are you hurt? Or you should go to the doctor. No one ever said you should go to the doctor. Ever. Really? Oh, never, never came up. Wow. No, not to me, and I never said it to anyone else either.
4: But well, if, you, if you got hurt, well, you played football, you played injuries all the time. Yeah, and, and just, there's always
1: just like, ah, come on, don't be a puss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a pussy.
4: That was your blue cross. Well, even
1: yeah. Donnie, who's a Jew, although barely... <laughs>
4: Just, he, he had a Danish, by the way. I don't want to rat oh, him out. Oh yeah, off.
1: he loves he loves the, he loves his Danish. He, we're yeah.
4: not supposed to have it this week. It's Passover.
1: Oh Ralph, well, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't go for that.
2: But the point is, <laughs> is
1: I, I've told the story many times. I blew out my knee playing football, and when I got home, Donnie said it's time to move a booth up a set of stairs, and I said my knee's blown <laughs> out, and he said, uh, "Tough shit, we're moving tonight because because the the booth." big diner booth was in an alley behind yeah. the cafe and Donnie wanted to get it that night before it got taken by somebody right? and then move it up the stairs of our apartment and into our our, our kitchen and I told him my knee was blown out and he said, don't be a puss, come on. And you did it. Oh, and I did it. <laughs> oh, and I, I did it and, and I had knee surgery. I had surgery on that knee a couple months later. But I moved the booth. The point is this. I blew out A knee on a Sunday morning, (laughs) uh, Sunday afternoon. Right. I spent Sunday evening not with it elevated and ice on it or even (laughs) seeing a doctor. I spent that night moving furniture upstairs. Right. The following day, it had blown up. Eventually, Mm. I saw a doctor because of what it looked like. Right. And uh, I tore an ACL and I needed to have surgery on it. But I spent the day before... Between the time I got the injury and the time I got the doc, went to the doctor, I spent that time moving furniture.
4: Right. But he called you a puss, and you were like, okay, I'll do it.
1: And Donnie wasn't even, not even one of the bad ones. Donnie was just like, come on, we need, we, we got <laughs> to right, get this right. booth. Like, Ray would have tried to punch me, but right. Donnie was like, yeah, he may have been sympathetic. I don't think he was very sympathetic. He was like, come <laughs> on, we're getting this booth. And I said, I think I blew my knee on. He said, well, you know.
4: Yeah, you would have sat that one out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, Donnie, I mean, Donnie can jump, jump in and enough. tell me if I'm making up any part of this. Where was the piece of furniture, by the way, in an the alley? The piece of story was, this furniture
5: was in an alley.
4: Is he coming in to defend himself? I don't think <laughs> so. I'm not being unfair to Donnie in
5: this depiction. <laughs> no, he, he, he's he's 100% accurate. But what he left out was, we tried to get this booth upstairs, and we couldn't get it through the front door. We had to take the door off. We, we took the door,
1: no, we took do the that? door off.
4: I'm and still I'm couldn't kidding.
1: get the booth to the front door. Yeah, I pulled the pins out of the front door and yeah, pulled yeah. it off the hinges. So we took <laughs> we, this booth back it was up so and down big, the stairs
5: like three times. It
1: was so big, the stairs were outside the apartment. <laughs> and it We get to a landing, we couldn't get it in the front door. And to be fair to Donnie, at a certain point in the evening, mm-hmm. I said, my knee can't take yeah. any more yeah, no, furniture yeah, yeah. moving. This
5: is, this is ridiculous. My, I, my knee is fucked up I, right. I'm not doing this anymore but we took it up and down like three times
1: and not, we went and took my truck to the back of Ventura Boulevard and got it out of the alley yeah. and that, so eventually Donnie took the thing down to the jack-in-the-box yeah. and took it
5: apart with a hammer and hammer started beating on it in the parking lot <laughs> in got the it alley apart in three different pieces so Adam was like upstairs he was in so much pain he just like went to bed I, did I didn't put ice night. on it, my knee, though. What? I want... Didn't
4: your mother come around and tell him to ice it? I mean, wasn't there some Jew Gentile mixing going on? I, at, at that, that s- point, I
5: mean, she wasn't too sure about Adam and Chris in general. She's like, listen, I don't know if she'd be hanging out with those guys. She thought we were the
1: upper. reason he smoked pot. That's, <laughs> how, that's how out of it that's she good. was.
5: <laughs> well, I blame them. I said, it's my <laughs> friend's pot. And then she just, the first friend she saw, she. <laughs> Hey, you! You should stop bringing that weed over
1: here. Yeah. So that's uh, now. Now this is just our apartment. So his mom was not. Okay. Was not on the scene. That was uh, right, right. I don't know if she would have said
5: anything. Well, this was early, Stu, because my mom still maybe had hopes that maybe I go to college or maybe I would do something like the other Jewish kids. <laughs> right. Uh, not to be. You
4: didn't miss anything. Not to, to be. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. didn't miss a damn thing.
5: So that we don't take care of ourselves.
4: Well, <laughs> that was. <laughs> And that's why we're better.
1: But the good news is, is Chris's dad got his bypass surgery in the joint, so he got it for free.
4: Come on. That's something <laughs> a Jew would do, actually. Drop <laughs> a bank like to you get before have, you need the surgery. You guys found some common ground there. Yeah. <laughs> you, that's amazing,
1: yeah. actually. Yeah, it cost us fifty grand to get his, uh, <laughs> his ticker back, back on track. Uh, now, but let's let's focus on you. This is way way no, too much. Way, way it, too much of me. Where okay. did you go to college?
4: I went to Northwestern. Oh, I Chicago. hear that's a good school. Good school. Yeah, yeah. Good what school. are they good at? Um, I, you know, I was a film major. It wasn't really anything. Ultimately, I needed to go to college for. To be honest, mm-hmm. I mean, I could have just moved out here and gotten a job and well, learned has, just as
1: much. Is it, in terms of Jutopia becoming a film how close are we how
4: uh well we were closer before before the world kind of collapsed yes. a lot of people yes. yeah <laughs> you know, a lot of the um, money dried up yeah uh it's hard enough to get that money when you're when things are going well but yeah. it's it's building back up a lot of really good actors attached and larry miller actually oh really uh had read it a few years before and said he was Tat, whatever that means. Right. You know. Larry's um, great
1: in features. The best. Yeah. I love best. that guy. He
4: had the mm-hmm. biggest, funniest laugh in Valentine's Day. He was yeah. funny in
1: that. I know. He's just good. And yeah. uh, he's such a great guy, too. I don't he's know a, how well you know him. I've never,
4: met, he's, him. He's never met him.
1: He's the nicest goddamn guy on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just is so nice. Yeah. He's a Jew.
5: Oh yeah. Did he bring yeah, Danish? I, I was about to say the same thing, Jewish.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did he? Br- who's brought baked goods in the morning besides me?
5: Uh, I think one other guest in the year we've been doing. This. Who? Um, the
1: <laughs> S- Steve <Patton> Harvey.
5: What's
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that? Yeah, I had to be another Jew. I had a <laughs> <Steve brought>, Bar- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw you a curve. See? And I and
4: believed then you then for a go, What's wrong
1: with that? Why is that funny?
4: That's how naive. Black I am, guy like can't bring uh, can't bring a bagel. <laughs>
1: Anyway, they don't eat breakfast? I like when people start doing that kind of stuff. So you're saying they don't eat? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They need no sustenance, right. black people. That's exactly. What I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, so you're saying they're dumber than... You? I, that's like one part. I just love someone to go, that's why. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. Right. They're imbeciles. They're imbeciles. Yeah, I love that. I love go. So I love to know the batting average when somebody says to somebody else. So so what you're saying is, <laughs> is it ever going to be that? Is it ever going to be answered with, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> So what you're saying is that all Jews deserve to be burned in oven. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's oh, okay. exactly just what one, I'm saying. Just want some clarity. It's true. <laughs> I love that. I love it. So what you're saying is just for all the assholes to do the. So what you're saying is yeah. indignantly say to so what you're saying. No, it's always going to be wrong. And is that what you're saying? Is that, that's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. So what you're saying. Okay. You're saying that blacks don't deserve to eat. Is
0: that what they you're don't,
4: saying? but that's not what I'm saying.
1: Okay. <laughs> so if that's what you're saying, I like that person
0: and that was sam wolfson hearing uh probably my favorite of the ray stories
3: yeah uh, it's it's really up there just the the, the where he's like what what's a what's big deal like he's just so oblivious to why somebody upset and then adam really drove it home that uh, alex had that cloth interior which really does make things worse
0: yeah oh it's miserable and,
3: and right after he bought him the king cheese Ugh.
0: hilarious still at the same time but uh,
3: agreed. Yeah,
0: my favorite, my favorite of the Ray of the Ray highlights. All right. Anytime before- we
3: play it now that I know that Alex listens to this, it's hilarious too because it's like reminding him of a particularly bad day.
0: Yeah, but at least he got he got to come on the show and give his side.
3: Hilarious uh, segment as well.
0: Yeah. All right. You know, um, next time Ray does that though, he should be wearing some Tommy Johns because uh look, it's summertime. Soaks Tommy John soaks it all up.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or it might just discourage you from doing that, because it's such nice underwear. You will want to show it to your friends, but maybe you'll think better of it.
0: Yeah, well, the thing, though, is Tommy John doesn't soak up sweat, because they have that moisture-wicking fabric, and the cool cotton, it's two to three times cooler. A again. must
3: during this heat wave. Yeah,
0: two to three times cooler than regular cotton. you got to get a pair of new Tommy John underwear, and let your buns breathe. Keep your cheeks chilled, and ice your cubes all summer long with dozens of comfort innovations like breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. Once you try Tommy John underwear, you're never going back. And that's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics, and hundreds of thousands of them who are, who are after 13 years and ten, tens of thousands of five-star reviews, they call Tommy John the most comfortable underwear ever. All right, Gia, you love the stuff, right?
3: I'm a maniac for Tommy John, and thanks to Tommy John, which I'm all decked out in head to toe as I am during every intro, which is no BS, it's literally true, during these uh, epic heat uh, wave across the West Coast, I am very cool, thanks to my cool cotton. Uh, It's great stuff.
0: That's right, and we got a great deal for you, 4th of July. Tell them, Gio.
3: Celebrate the 4th of July in cooling comfort right now. Get up to $25 off at TommyJohn.com slash classics. Go to TommyJohn.com slash classics. Up to $25 off. TommyJohn.com slash classics. See site for details.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, let's get going with our next clip. This is also from 2010, and we got Michael J. White.
3: Yeah, I always say Michael J. White. I can't I know, like, which one's it's correct.
0: J-A-I, but I, I mean, I've heard it both ways.
3: Uh, you're going to pronounce it Lazembe. <laughs> yeah. George Lazenby, the the one-time James Bond. Uh, This one is Adam Carolla Show 323, also original format, one-on-one. I can't believe we haven't played this yet. We played his return uh, sometime in like I think it was episode 1568, somewhere around there. Uh, Michael J. White's a great guest. This is back when Black Dynamite was just coming out on DVD. Adam is super excited about him being an independent filmmaker, his martial arts background, all the various roles he's played. He's Spawn, of course, for everybody knows. Uh, it's a great interview. This is part one. Uh, we'll be playing part two of this interview in the part two of Corolla Classics today. But until then, this is from May of 2010. It's uh, Adam and Michael J. White, One on one. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the podcast, Michael Jai White Michael, uh, let's see I'm going to uh, give uh, get everyone caught up on you uh, Starred in a movie called uh, Spawn, you remember that one? Also, uh, Mike Tyson, played Mike Tyson The Tyson story, 1995, forgot about that HBO, uh, Why Did I Get Married 2, out as we speak. Uh, Also, movie, uh, I just saw Black Dynamite, which uh, you not only starred in, but wrote. Mm -hmm. Very impressive. And uh, holder of seven different black belts in seven different forms. That's what it says here. Uh, I could see a lot of that displayed in uh, Black Dynamite, which was... uh, uh, Sort of uh, shaft meets uh, dolomite meets I don't know every black exploitation film from the seventies yeah. uh, captured it beautifully had a lot of it was it's it's it's, it's strange when you try to uh, when when you try to take a genre and, mm-hmm. and poke at it because there's a limit and there's a line like it was fun to see the boom mic dip right. in to the shots and other intentional things that were in the past unintentional right, right. so you have to intentionally make bad cuts and bad edits
2: well, actually yeah that's that was the whole idea to take people through that experience of watching one of these movies there's so many things layered in in those films that I, you know you still can enjoy today I got teenage kids that uh, sometimes I have friends over and we we'll, you know in the past we'll have like Black exploitation movie night. It's just so much fun to watch the to sure. watch the darn things because they're just a spectacle. I mean, politically incorrect and everything. And when the kids had just as much fun watching these things that they you know they didn't know about, I thought, man, this this would be kind of cool to kind of do it again.
1: Yeah, there was even there were there were not only scenes like you know, like I said, just sort of bad jump cuts and mm-hmm. bad boom mics dipping in. But there's also scenes where the guy clearly wanted a stunt man and the stunt man <laughs> right. looked nothing like the guy. <laughs> right. I still they do this in every film, not just the black exploitation films. Every time a stunt man gets thrown off the back of a motorcycle or down a set of stairs, they always finish off with their face buried <laughs> in the <laughs> right. ground and their hands over their head right. because that is the one moment where we will see them in a static shot for two beats and we can't see that it's not the celebrity's right. face. So if you ever watch any stunt guy take a fall, uh-huh. they always end up face down with sort of their hands right. almost blocking. It's like they're leaving the courtroom and yeah. they have the, they're holding the jacket up over their head.
2: And so the idea was like do reality plus 10, you know? Just, right. So people would kind of uh, pay attention to these little things. like, Especially back in the 70s, a guy would be standing on a building and he's shot right in the chest, but he falls forward. Right. You know what I, I mean? You did yeah. things
1: that I love yeah. like car goes off the cliff and bursts into flames in the air yeah for no reason for no reason yeah I, I, I really yeah. I, I remember as a 12 year old watching an episode of Vegas where Dan Tanna was chasing a guy through the outskirts of town and they were up yeah. on a mountain road and the car went over the guard railing mm-hmm. and it blew up. In the air. Now, I'm sure they had it set for the guy to hit the button once it hit the ground, but he got a little trigger happy. They blew it up and it's not like they have another (laughs) Impala that's loaded with
2: explosives that they can use. So they just would use that cut. A lot of times I think it's like the executive who doesn't doesn't get the art anyway you know I want, I want an explosion you know right and it probably started that way it's like yeah you know I really like that explosion when it's up in the air like that and it's like yeah but there's nothing it, it, there's right. no reason for it no still I want it you it's know? gonna look spectacular <laughs> yeah so that's what happens all the time I, even to this day I like yeah.
1: um there was a great uh, I remember an episode of the six million dollar man where I should have known I was going to be a comedian when I start complaining <laughs> about this shit at age 10. Six million dollar man, and he had... There was a house that was on fire, mm-hmm. and he had to jump up to the second floor Mm -hmm. to rescue somebody uses bionic legs to jump up to the second floor and the way they would film the six million dollar man jumping up the things Mm -hmm. is they would have him jump off of it and then run it in reverse right and it actually sort of you could tell it's a little (laughs) fucked up but it kind of worked like it looked like He'd jump in a certain way, mm. and then if they ran it in reverse, it really looked like he just jumped back up into the window, mm. except for the house was on fire, so the smoke was heading <laughs> exactly. in to the window. So as he's jumping in slow motion onto the window, a nine-year-old Adam Carolla in North Hollywood was <laughs> watching smoke going into the window, right. going, fake! Yeah. And if I could spell, I would have written a letter
2: at yeah, that point. Uh, you and I were the same, man, because, I mean, I... I, I never forget. I mean, there was uh, it was a, cu- a couple of different horror movies where this would happen, where you know two kids would be fooling around on a bed, and then like a sword or a pole comes right up through the, the right. bottom of the bed through both of them, impaling right, both right. of them. And I'm like a like a seven foot like pole can't right. fit under the bed, but sideways. Right, right. And I'm like like the only kid that's going like. How are you guys taken by this? This is ridiculous. You know,
1: I, even, I even get mad at the... I, I get mad at... There's two sound effects I get mad at mm-hmm. as well. The All the knives and swords sound effects uh-huh. and then all of the gun sound effects. Now, mm-hmm. what I mean is, and this isn't just done in the, the lower budget films... A guy can pull a stiletto out of his waistband, like tucked in between his underpants and his Levi's, and it'll still make that shing sound, that sound when you're pulling the sword from a sheath, you know, like Uh shing, and if you notice in every film, even like, you know, uh, even Marty Scorsese films, when a guy holds a gun up, it makes a...
2: It Ch- exa- exa- Exact. Now he's already pulled the hammer back, mm-hmm. right? So pointing it at the guy is not going to make that sound. It drives me up a wall. They, 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 to, they're always going. Chh, chh, right. I mean, you just cocked it. You just you did it this time. But then, it, it, it's you know. weird.
1: It's not even a cocking sound. Mm-hmm. It's just a I'm moving my gun sound. Right. It does... I, what is that sound? You it, know what it,
2: it, it, it's... It's... Uh, I think it's another ex- executive decision. It's like, we need more gun noises. I, I mean... Because... I mean... Actually, it does punctuate the move. It does. But it... Guys like us, it drives it us It bothers
1: crazy. us because yeah, it's like, yeah. look, either he's got the hammer back or he doesn't have the hammer back. But if right. he does, it's not going to make a sound. And if he does, gonna, if he's going to cock it, it's going to make a different sound. Right. You know what it is? Because we've all sat in the edit bay long mm. enough to mm. know that somebody will go, anytime there's movement, mm. somebody will go, I'll put a little something underneath it. Mm. Even like I said, like, I mean, somebody will kick somebody and it'll make a whoosh,
4: you <laughs> right, know, yeah.
1: I mean, just, to, just even if it's not that fast, it just, there's a little sound that they try to put under it, all movements. There's,
2: there's a sound engineer that's going to like quantify everything that they do. You know what I mean? Right. They, they they put a sound into that right there. They, we got to have like a gulping sound, even oh, though nobody ab- else heard it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, anyway, Black Dynamite. <laughs> I, I love that film, and uh, I just I I just think he nailed it on the head. And the uh, the outfits were insane. Thanks. I mean, the, oh, that's the cars that's what's so fun insane. about it. The now filming of it was insane.
2: Yeah.
1: The, I, I mean, the way it looked, it had that sort of. Everything from the 70s had a kind of burnt orange look to it. It was a weird time when everything looked like it was... Every day looked kind of smoggy. Mm -hmm. Everything was a kind of a... Filmed through like orange cheesecloth. Like everything (laughs) just had this weird... It was such a weird time, the 70s. I could never figure it out because you, you can tell me in a second... In the 50s and even into the 60s, the film was so vibrant. Right. Like, look, wow, in technicolor, pow. Right. And then in the 80s and 90s, we got back to it. But in the 70s, it was filmed in bummer color or something <laughs> weird, depressed, Indians right, right. crying by the side of the highway, <laughs> lots of fish floating in
2: rivers <laughs> and trash, and everything just seemed fucked up. it seemed like there was a new color palette that just happened and and you know we we filmed it uh, in the same way that they did the same kind of uh, film stock which what, is like what was what, what, it? a uh, it's a 16 millimeter color reversal film mm-hmm. uh, it's not used very much for certain reasons because once you what you shoot is what you get you can't do things in post right so you're, you're stuck with that right which so, you can yeah.
1: definitely do if you shoot digital
2: right right. Yeah, but digital you don't have that feel. It right, doesn't, doesn't have, have that. that grit. The yeah. people who knew that time and you know, I wanted people to you know, it to really, you know, remind them of when they saw these movies. And I yeah, wanted, Yeah, so, you know, attention to detail, you know. Hot chicks it, and titties
1: yeah. too, by the way. Real titties.
2: Real real, real titties. titties.
1: Some real good black ones in uh, somewhere about uh, oh, 0:14 minutes 26 seconds in. <laughs> I remember uh, or so when you were in bed with some pretty hot chicks. But yeah, okay. real titties. And there's something about uh, I can't explain. Uh, I think the black women looked better back then because they looked black. <laughs> now they're trying to look white. I, I, hey, this I, is I true. they're combing, they're taking a hot iron to their hair well, you or know, something. It was,
2: it was black is beautiful back then. You know, right? what I mean? it was it was a pride thing. I mean, it was like everybody seemed to be like full of soul, even white folks. I mean, right. it was just like there was like. Those it was a rites of passage back then you know people went through something you knew what side of the street you stood on and it was for like against the war or whatever you give your life up for it you know i'm trying to think about that because i
1: remember because i'm i'm probably just the perfect age Mm. for that i'm 45 Mm. and i grew up with a kind of a hippie mom Uh and she didn't like white people even though my mom (laughs) looks like tom fucking petty I mean, she has the straightest <laughs> hair in the world. Her eyes are almost gray. She, she mm. really looks like a Hitler youth. Mm. She's the whitest woman on the planet. But it was during a time when we watched Roots. That was mm. number one. And, and my mom was one of the – I don't know if you're aware of this phenomenon – for every racist out there, there's a white person that hates white people, that hates being white, that, like, Mm -hmm. just can't stop. Like, do you know what we did to the American Indians? Do you know how bad slavery was? Do you know what those Japanese internment camps were? Mm -hmm. Do you know how bad we are? We're horrible. (laughs) And my mom used to just... I remember, like, watching Roots with my mom, and she'd just be shaking her head, like, man, do you see what we do? Do you see how we are? And... I remember thinking, I wanted to be black. Like, it was cool. It was, there was, you know, every Pop Warner football team I played on had, like, two black guys. And they were the cool guys Mm. on the team. And I thought, this would be cool. And there was a time, somewhere between, like, 71 and 77, where it was cool to be black. I don't know where it went. Something happened (laughs) to it. it made My mom gave up the fight. But, I mean, there was a... Wow, man, look at that Afro. Wow yeah. man, you can get away with wearing shit that we can't get away with. <laughs> you can do shit to your Eldorado that we can't do to our Eldorado. And the black chicks look like black chicks. Like Vanessa right. Williams doesn't look like a black chick now.
2: Right, right. They, they were't straightening their hair. They had the full natural, and they mm. just they looked well, fine. you know, you know, it was an interesting time because the, 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 uh, the decade before that, they were trying to look white. You know mm-hmm. really straightening their hair. Yeah, I mean,
1: Diana Ross yeah. and the Supremes were trying to look white. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, in the '60s. Yeah,
2: right. in the '70s what, was it? That's just amazing time, like for film, music, everything, and for people to find their own identities. It was just a tremendous time, you know. It's interesting. that's an interesting point because you go from the
1: '60s where everyone is just trying to look like Jackie Kennedy, mm-hmm. white, black, Asian. Although right. well, I didn't see a lot of Asians trying to, do that. but the point mm-hmm. is this. They all just tried to look like Jackie Kennedy. Everyone mm. just boom. And then so yeah, if you picture those Motown singers from the mid and late sixties, you mm. see they had the you, you see Diana Ross circa nineteen sixty eight. She had the same haircut mm. and the same dress and the same makeup and they just looked the same. Mm. And then just a few short years later, everyone went that crazy just natural sort of throwback. Jersey, old school, mm-hmm. back to Africa kind of s- series. Like then the black women were like, we're not trying to look like any white women anymore. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere in the eighties, the next decade, they started to go back right, right. to straightening the hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's yeah, makeup I mean, it's hair, it, or whatever it, it is. Was
2: the, the yuppie age, you know the right. And then they you, gave birth to the puppies. right? The black yuppies that were you know trying to get you know it's like the BMW. You want to get your BMW. You want to go. You know, get the college education and, and get corporate. Yeah. So that's what that was all about, I think.
1: Now, how do you do a movie like Black Dynamite in terms of, you know, raising the money? What was the budget? Because it didn't look like a cheaply made... Well, it uh, looked like a cheaply made film. It well, yeah, cost a mean. lot. It didn't yeah. look cheap.
2: Well, see, you see, well, what, what you do is you, uh, you make sure you got people who, who get it. You know, a lot of times it's hard to do... A pure kind of idea from a, a studio, like, right? You know, so we had to kind of, kind of uh, get the money up, put together like a concept. We actually shot a, a, a trailer, like first, first, so yeah. you get the tone and everything else where, where we're trying to go. And really trying to make it... How long it, was know.
1: the trailer you shot?
2: trailer was about like three minutes. We we spent uh-huh. about $500 on the trailer running around, you know, stealing locations and stuff. Sure, running gun, yeah. as they say. Yeah, so, you know, just to, just to get that out. And actually, like, sent the trailer to a, a good friend who's a, you know, he's a producer. He, he, he was the executive producer on the thing, but he's, um, he backed a, another film I did. Sent it mm-hmm. out on Monday. On Wednesday, he's like, man, I, I got the money for this. We, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we got got folks together, and we went went ahead and did it. What was the budget? Uh, Two point three million. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah.
1: That's really inexpensive considering mm-hmm. all that you got done oh, yeah. in it. I mean, there's lots of uh, obviously lots of physical stuff, lots mm-hmm. of lots of action, but also, um. Now, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a helicopter with a big magnet on the end of it. That was the other <laughs> thing too. Growing up, lots of really. cars. Lots of big magnets. Uh-huh. We got really into these giant magnets. They put them on the roof of a car, and then they drop it into a crusher. Right, and right. And at some point, there'd be some guy in the trunk of that car, and Starsky and or Hutch had to get there before <laughs>
2: right. the crusher. Exactly.
1: But there was so... I swear to God, every third Beretta or Mannix or Starsky and Hutch or Hawaii Five O would end up at the junkyard. With somebody in one of these car crushers with right. this magnet thing. Yeah. So uh, now was like
2: when the car went off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have to do that, or is that was that like stock footage? We, we actually got stock footage from from Sony, which in in turn they, they wound up buying the film. Right, which is kind of they bought their own you know stock footage, <laughs> back, footage right? back. Yeah, so I mean uh, we 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 used like footage from like like uh different shows shows that didn't even air that right. never aired like like I think uh, like uh, pilots from the 70s exactly yeah oh, like my yeah God so these things were never seen so we implemented the stuff in this kind of you know I, was, I gotta like, say and I, I know
1: somebody's brought it up or thought about it but I have now going on my fifth television pilot that uh, may or may not go. Um, I would I would be zero for five if this uh, yeah. did not go. Somebody spends a couple million bucks on each one of these things, yeah. and then they literally just go on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. And I don't even know if mine go on a shelf. They probably go in the garbage. I always said there should be a pilot network where you just watch pilots. Now, oh, yeah, right, and really test it. And the worst, yeah. by the way, the the worse the pilot, the better. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple things. First off, you're going to see pilots. There's probably some pilots that stars Russell Crowe right, in right. it from 1987 mm-hmm. that we've never seen. Yeah. But pilots from the 70s, I would definitely watch those.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean... Look at how many how many pilots did George Clooney do before he got right? Was I, like, I was they like could just a have a George
1: Clooney marathon yeah. weekend, and you could yeah. watch
2: all the crappy pilots. I know I've got a number of them myself. You know I, we know. all do. Yeah. So, wouldn't it be fun to watch everyone's shitty pilot? Absolutely, I think that's a great idea. And
1: you already paid a couple million bucks <laughs> yeah. for this thing that is literally—I mean—it's mind-numbing to me. Yeah. Uh, there's a pilot that I know of now that some people I work with are working on it's uh I think it's a nine or ten million dollar pilot and I was kind of checking on it the other day I said how's it look because it's getting t- it's getting down to crunch time you know they're mm-hmm. gonna decide the next week or so and they said mm, 50-50 or getting close
2: wow. and I thought wow nine million dollars masturbating with money ah uh, it's, it's how I uh, uh, just give me that just give me that please well now so did
1: uh, black dynamite uh Some box office success got a got a release. Was it a limited release or was it a large release?
2: Unfortunately, like the first week when it came out, we and and there were people. Like the problem was nobody knew where it was. Right, a a buddy of mine, co-writer in the film, was was in a theater where it was showing, and people were asking him, "Where's Black Dynamite? When is that going to be shown?" They had no idea it was in that theater. Right. And so what we did after the first week, we regrouped it and, and, and actually tried to put some, you know, some, uh, information out there and it actually started working a lot better. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like pulled it back and did like a platform release Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then it did really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, it seems like that first week, people know about the first week, which was kind of confusing. Right. Uh, and then they, they think that that accounts for how it did. It did tremendously well. There are 30, uh, 30 um, uh, theaters throughout the country that are committed to showing the movie for a year. Really? Yeah. Well, it's it's becoming the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh-huh. They're showing it at midnight. They're, midnight they're, yeah, they're, midnight they're doing midnight showings. And people are uh, showing up dressed at, in 70s. Outfits and stuff, and it's you know, and, and worldwide has done tremendous. It's done even better. I mean, the Australian opening opening was like uh, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. It was in seventy theaters in France by itself. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm getting so YouTube so. Stuff ever, from everyone's
1: making their money back.
2: Sony's making their money oh, they, back. yeah, oh, yeah, long long time ago. You know, I mean? oh, yeah, that's so. good. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, Because that means you get to make another film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and plus, plus uh, we got the cartoon. We got a cartoon coming out. Oh, really? Black Dynamite cartoon. Sure. So, you know, you can get a chance to do some things in cartoons that you can't do live action. You ever see uh, Kentucky Fried Movie? Of course. I know it by heart. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah. yeah. He was a short Hasidic <laughs> Jew. She was six foot of black dynamite. <laughs>
3: Yeah, the
2: Hebrew, no, well, no, that's not the Hebrew hammer. That's was Cleopatra that Schwartz. Schwartz, okay, that's right. That yeah. was my favorite, uh, Cleopatra Schwartz. Oh, my, my thing was uh, fistful of yen.
1: Fistful of yen. Was oh my god! Funny too. Uh, and when you're, uh, I don't know, how old are you? Uh, just a little younger than you. When you're, when you're our age, <laughs> or a little younger than our age. Uh, those kind of movies, you just you learn them like Cheech and Chong records, and then you repeat them back uh, yeah. in your junior high. Yeah, that that movie. As a matter of fact, my buddy Donnie in the next room over there, he had a VCR player in his room. Mm. And by the way, this I discovered this when I was about nineteen, and still couldn't believe it. That's how poor the Corollas were. But one of the movies he had was Kentucky Fried I Movie, mean. and we would just watch it. Yeah. Over, you know watch that and like fistful of dollars like mm. oh over and over you know, good bad and the ugly but mm. that and the good and we just sit there and be like well it's it's wednesday night let's get high and watch <laughs> this movie three times right right and we just sit there i don't think yeah. kids would do that today cuz they'd be like fuck that i'm bored let's play some we or let's go yeah, do something yeah. but yeah. but you could just watch that movie and yeah there was a great sort of Black exploitation send up uh, called uh, Cleopatra Schwartz where it was Cleopatra Jones. Mm -hmm. It's just she married a rabbi. Right, right. Cracked, uh, cracked (laughs) me up. Uh, (laughs) You want to try taking some phone calls, Michael?
2: No problem. I think the headphones are. uh, You you got like several of them. You got one one over over here. I think this must be yours, maybe. Uh,
1: mine's usually hanging out, but oh, mine fell back here. Yeah, You can uh-huh. wear those. Thank you. Yes, yeah, trying taking some phone calls. So, so everyone made their money back, mm-hmm. and now you're going to be making more
2: movies. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm up for directing some stuff. And you're going to be the funny Tyler Perry. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not. Listen, I'm just saying. I know you did a Tyler Perry <laughs> movie or yeah. so. Uh, I saw the first Tyler Perry movie uh-huh. he did what was his first big one Medea uh, going to something
2: uh, um uh, boy the first one was um, diary mad- diary of a mad black woman but yeah yeah that's that- not the one he directed
1: though that's oh oh that wasn't that was it no not Medea goes to jail that was no, that it was, was, was the that was, that um, second one
2: diary of mad black woman then um uh family, Re- Madea's family uh, Madea,
1: Re- uh, maybe. It was the one where the chick was uh, married to the uh, lawyer. Yeah, uh, and, and, and got
2: Blair Underwood. And got thrown. No, Blair. Oh no no that's that's Diary of Mad Black. Yeah yeah. That's got what,
1: got thrown out of the mansion. And right. I mean yeah, mansion. Yeah. And uh, sent hurt packing. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, melancholy, weird. Had some weird moments in it. Mm-hmm. First, first off, I, I listen. I'm no uh, divorce attorney, mm. but I don't think you can get busted for cheating on your wife and then just toss your wife shit out on the front lawn and go get out of here. <laughs> and then she got to drive in a circle to U-Haul, U-Haul for two hours and then get dropped off at Medea's house. Like what? Isn't she taking this dude to the cleaners? <laughs> well, she don't have
2: a credit card. See, I think like part of that was like uh, like the intrigue of those movies. It's like you at, you know people asking questions about it is kind of fun too you know not like uh, not yeah, asking it, questions yeah.
1: is not the same as what the fuck right yeah what but, that ain't a question that's like <laughs> are you fucking not who wrote this
2: who the fuck wrote this this is horrible yeah uh, yeah Tyler was just coming from uh he he'd done these these theater plays at first right you know I mean, right sure I he know kind of just chitlin was, circuit yeah he was just kind of like you know learning as he went along but at that time, it was like I don't I don't know the, the director. I don't know what what the situation was, but I know there was like a, it was it was some. He didn't direct that. He, I know he wrote it.
1: That thing made billions of dollars. Yeah, and yeah. I was just staring at it, going, "This don't look like it should be on Lifetime." Like well, that was a bad movie, badly written movie.
2: I, I, I consider it was like uh, like soap opera like yes. black soap opera. Yes, you know, that's in a, what it was. cuz you know, for television. Because you know, there's soap operas and, you know, if you look at it with a certain eye, you go, well, "What the hell are they doing?" I mean, it's like, like Why, what is she staring at? She's forlornly looking out at nothing. You know, it seems weird. It's just its own world. So Tyler kind of, in those first moves, I think it was a kind of its own world. And you do say, what the fuck? And you do say like, okay, what, what, what's going on right here? Yeah. Well, either
1: way, I mean, the guy's a kazillionaire Mm -hmm. and uh, what's he have? His own studio in Atlanta or where is he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I don't know if you're trying to go down that route, except for, be funny, <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but you want to uh, go down that trail? Like, I mean, you know, produce and write and star in, and why not?
2: Well, oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm doing it in my way. I mean, Ty, Tyler is of of definite influence. And I enjoy working with him, and I think he's you know trying you know getting better each time he you know, steps up the bat. Nice guy. Oh yeah, very nice guy. Very collaborative. Uh, Sometimes I'm concerned because I consider him a friend. I can, I'm concerned about him working himself to death because he he doesn't stop. You know, but yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, but it's uh, well, maybe if he takes some time out for the ladies, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not sure where he stands uh, on the ladies, but I, he needs a, I think even, I know it's not, uh, it's not huge, it's, it's frowned upon in the black mm. community. Mm. Let's let's just say, but uh, I've been trying to do the math on mm. Tyler Perry, his upbringing doesn't
2: seem to, I don't know, does he have a girlfriend? I'll put it to you that way. I, he he dates. I just, he dates. I, right. I think I think Tyler just has very little time. That that cat is like literally the busiest Sheen, man I've ever met. Charlie
1: Sheen was is, is busy and finds time. to <laughs> Fuck everyone in Hollywood. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: It ain't the same. I you mean, Charlie, Charlie Sheen does not write like 15 things at, at a time. I, I know. You yeah. wonder
1: like where's a guy get the crazy fire under him with these? Got the TBS. House of Pain stuff going on, and the
2: movies every ten seconds.
1: And I, yeah,
2: I just sit back and go. I mean, at first I thought he had like six months to live or something because I mean yeah. he was working like like I mean who works like this? I mean literally he's like if he takes a week off right and for vacation, he comes back with two scripts. You know, it's, <laughs> I know. but yeah.
1: here's the thing: he should slow down and do one good script. That's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All right, want to take some uh, phone calls? Like Black Dynamite. That was funny. Hey, Dave. Hey,
0: Adam. How you doing? What's going on?
1: Uh,
4: I was uh, curious what your worst on that experience was, because I'm pretty sure I was there for one of your top three.
1: One of my top threes?
4: Yeah.
1: Oh. Well, let's hear it. Let's see if you can uh, well, jar around. Well,
4: uh, well you remember, uh, I don't know, gosh, seven years ago, eight years ago? Yeah, to do this uh, crazy show in North Carolina, where you were still doing your radio show at night, yet you had to be on set oh, you had to crash oh. it on every
0: morning.
1: Yeah, you're 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 talking about Dawson's Creek.
4: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, you worked on Dawson's Creek.
4: Well, I, I was the guy that had to wake you up every uh, 20 minutes when you went back to your trailer to crash.
1: Yeah, that always drove me. This whole town, Michael, you probably experience this a lot. This whole town with this hurry up and wait bullshit,
2: uh-huh. it, it drives me insane. Are you talking about Wilmington? Yeah. Oh, my God. What is it with Wilmington? I don't know. Dude, I mean, I, I know too many people who go to Wilmington and, like, get into fights. <laughs> you know, it's the place where uh, was it Steve Buscemi got stabbed. Steve Buscemi got stabbed. Yeah, I mean, he and uh, Vince Vaughn got in a fight. I mean, a oh, oh real? No, not not with each other, but right, right. In, in a local time. Buscemi,
1: his face <laughs> always looks like he's being stabbed, but <laughs> he has got a look like I just got stabbed. But I, he got. Stabbed. I was out
2: there doing doing a film, and uh, some guys in the, in the cast got jumped. Really? Yep, and. And I, you know, I actually got into one a, an altercation, and it, which I hardly ever do, right? You know, out in a club in Wilmington, it was it was, it was crazy. That,
1: uh, I was just being what what, what happened to me in uh, Wilmington was uh, Dave will probably to this. We were doing the Loveline, the radio show. Uh, we were doing it. We had to go, Doctor Drew and I had to go to Wilmington to do Dawson's Creek. So we were there for a full week, but we had a job. So we had to do our nighttime job all week long. And our nighttime job was 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. because of the time difference. So when we were in Wilmington, we we would work from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. I would uh, get back to my hotel room, which wasn't really a hotel room, sort of a motel room, at about 3.30 in the evening, I would watch Perfect Strangers because mm-hmm. it had never been on. I haven't seen it in like 18 years. I watched that from 4 to 4.30, and then I would go to bed. But our call times were like 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. every morning. So, of course, I would show up to the set of Dawson's Creek, you know, the head full of uh, Perfect Strangers and red <laughs> wine, and, you know, like 8 a.m. And I would say to everyone who could hear me, look, I'm wiped out, man. I worked till 3 a.m. last night. So, I'm going to go to my trailer. I'm going to put my head down on my, my little mini pillow here. Mm. And look, when you're ready, come get me. Right. But don't come get me until you're ready to go. When you're ready to go, I will be there. I will walk on a set. I'll hit my marks. I'll know my lines. So, you'd always get that thing where your head would hit the pillow and be like. Yeah. Yeah. And they can never hear you. <laughs> Come in. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. You have to get up. And, yeah. and I don't know why. It's sheet metal. Why well, I can hear you're knocking. Right. My mouth is eh, four feet away from the sheet metal door.
2: Yeah.
1: Come in. <laughs> get up. Yes. They're going to need you on set in about 20 minutes. Just come get me in 20 <laughs> minutes. Shut the door. All right. Come in. Uh- God damn get up yes lunch is gonna be ready in about 20 minutes Just get me when lunch is ready Come in what, okay what they're gonna want you in the makeup chair in about three hours you know, let, right. let me just fight let me put my head down and then the poor person that was come sent to get me which is I guess Dave over here I take Dave. Just get me when they need me in the makeup chair or lunch or what. Just don't give me the twenty minutes now, or right. don't come get me now and have me stand on the set for twenty minutes and right. watch them light it. Right. That, I'm an expert at lighting. Right? Yeah. Because you just stand there. They need you. They're all waiting. I love yeah. that one. They're waiting on you. Yeah. Then you get to the stage and you stand there for forty minutes and watch them yeah. fucking move barn doors around on lights. You go. Right. They're waiting for me. <laughs> I've been standing here with a boner for 20 minutes. I was asleep a half hour ago. Oh, Dave? I don't know if yeah. you fell off. So that was you?
4: Uh, yeah, fortunately that was me.
1: And now are you back out of uh, North Carolina?
4: Oh, yeah. Long time out.
1: Okay. Well, I'm sorry I was a dick. I'm sure I was a dick.
4: No, I, I understood your situation, you know, and uh, I, I tried to push it as long as I could, but, you know, you get that... We need one set now. We, we need one set,
1: set now. now. And then you stay in there. And thanks, Dave. And I was always I would always say to people, Look, when you need me, like mm-hmm. when you're ready to go, mm-hmm. I'm literally thirty seconds away. But get all the shit lit and get all ready to go and then get me.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm not a prima donna. I'm not doing coke and fucking hookers. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up on some some much-needed REM sleep, right? Right. And I'll be better for you if I can close my eyes for 20 minutes
2: in my trailer. Do, right. Do
1: you need, it's just weird insecurity. Where is he? Where is he? Where yeah, is
2: it, it, it all it's it's from the top down all the time, and it's, it becomes this us and them thing. You know, it's like the right. the the talent, and you know, it's like there's this line drawn, in it's like a war, right? Uh, you know, the you know that those 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 ridiculous actors are the talent they have to be treated thus way right you know it's like, that, that just that happens over and over and over
0: and that was Adam and Michael Jai White back in 2010 we're gonna finish off the interview in part 2 of today's episode so make sure to tune in and we'll see you there